there's nothing about business and especially business growth that is easy. And I said, it's fun. It is, but it's also like just heartbreaking sometimes too. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Yeah, we were just talking about how Krista had the sticker over her little camera on her, yeah. on her laptop, and I should. There's people that do, and there's people that don't in life. And I never thought I'd be that when I looked at them. Like, eh. I don't know why. I just feel better with it on. Well, now that you say it, I yeah. have to do it. Someone might be like watching me. I don't the know. The government. Watching me and jack it off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. You never Wait, did know. you hear um, Steve-O? I had a, a friend go and watch uh, <laughs> Steve-O. You remember Steve-O? Yeah from Jackass do he's like sober now he's vegan all this stuff and she saw him do stand up and he's coming out with a new show that's called bucket list and he's going to do it with his Jackass buddies yada yada and he was describing one thing on his bucket list is <laughs> jerking off while skydiving mm. <laughs> pretty par for the course I was like but wait dude 100 so he was watching porn before jumping out of the plane and like every porn that he turned on wasn't getting him going so he had to keep clicking next and then like right before he jumped out of the plane anyway i thought it was pretty fucking stupid dude that shit makes me sad i'm like dude that's not funny at all it's not funny i don't even i don't think jackass is funny jackass is zero percent funny but they made like when they're like yeah put a fish fish hook in your mouth (laughs) Live fish. Swallow a goldfish and then (laughs) they would like barf it up. It was disgusting. That was so foul. Maybe it's just dudes that think it's funny. I guess. But what's like, what's funny about it? Uh, You know, I try and think about humor. Because it's like, oh, it's like, oh my God, I can't (laughs) believe it. (laughs) Shut up. It is. It's literally like, (laughs) <laughs> I wonder what. Here we are. <laughs> KCRW Radio. <laughs> Coming at you live with uh, the TMZ boys. The TMZ boys. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be hell working at TMZ. Hell. I know someone who works at TMZ. She secretly hates it. I mean, but, you know, gotta pay her bills. Yeah, what are they doing like to foster a community environment at TMZ? I mean, well, it's also it's also hard because they go back and forth. I guess the news does the same bullshit. Like mm. where they go back and forth between covering things that are really serious and then things that are so fucking stupid. What do they cover that serious? I actually don't know. Oh, yesterday. So we're recording this before, uh, but yesterday Demi Lovato overdosed mm. and they had to cover that. Yeah, Justin told me about that. He's like, did you hear that about Demi Lovato? It was like, so sad. I was like, what? But yeah. she's okay. She's okay. But I mean, a heroin overdose, apparently. But allegedly, I don't I don't know. Ugh. But you know, it's it's like they go back and forth between covering like, you know, Reese Witherspoon like Trips. sampling at Costco. Yeah. And then Demi Lovato's heroin. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see those like the shows that talk about like on Hollywood Scoop or whatever. And Tell me. That's hard. It's a hard life if you're dealing with that. I know. And I can imagine that they might want to be doing, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I just see that maybe they were like voted best, like gossip of high school. I remember in our high school, there was a girl that got one like biggest gossip. And I think like she was on like a campaign. So she like really, (laughs) she really amped up the gossip during like. Was it cool to be biggest gossiper? uh, For her. 
I think it was cool to win oh, anything I just for her. Burped on there. I'm so sorry. Um, so she really ramped it up during election season. It was Gross. really, really working the goss to get voted. I think she won. I would hope so. Yeah, I think she did win. Hmm. But she was really proud. She's like, oh, yeah, it's gossip. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. She's so probably a listener fun. now. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't think we were friends. So today I was at bar class, you guys, Tell and um, the instructor came in. So I ran to bar class, and I've been trying to run, and I was a little stinky. Didn't put on my deodorant because you have to put it on literally a hundred times a day. Mm -hmm. And the instructor like went out of the room, came back with air freshener and started spraying all all around my area. (laughs) Savage as fuck. That is a new low. Dude, that's a new ass low. And she was like, oh, sorry. I think there was someone in here before that had BO. Dude. And you have like you lift been, up your arm. You're like, can you just have you ever been checked bit? so hard? Yeah, that was a check. Oh, and then so first, so I'm getting called out clearly for my bo, which is sweet. And then after class, she's like, and we have an announcement. Congratulations, Krista, for your hundredth class. Oh my! No God. joke. I've never heard them do that before. Also, a hundred classes. Uh, I, I am Good the same. You. I think they fucked up. I <laughs> honestly think they fucked up. I haven't been in months. I was like. I literally, I was like, I was like a hundred. And she's like, yes, you get to sign the poll and you get your socks. I'm like, I haven't been in. Isn't that weird? Maybe she felt bad. I don't know. Cause she knew. But it was like written. I saw her in her little note. She had written Krista. And then I was extra embarrassed because I'm like, not only do I have BO, but I just got like, I'm like, well now they called attention to me. My now everyone knows mm. my name. They know my name. I'm Krista BO girl. Damn. I bet you've been coming in there a lot with BO and I bet you they know me by the BO. I mean, as a fitness professional, we do know who stinks in class. 100%. I'm like, oh, it's me. Whatever. I mean, whatever. classes. Put it in the books. I kind of, I kind of like, it's a weird enjoyment kind of when I, when I like smell. Yeah. Cause it's not like it's poop. Okay. Yep. It's not a poop smell. Yep. It's like your body odor. And I'm just like, oh, like that's my body. I'm yeah. not. It doesn't gross me out. Totally. I know. I was thinking about that too. I was like, kind of like all about the natural. I was like, yeah. oh, this is just like what people naturally exactly. smell like. It's not like And I'm like, what am I supposed balls. to smell like? Exactly. Like flowers? <laughs> I don't really know like what you want me to smell like. But mm. it was like a little bit of a bummer. Because I'm like, what if one of these girls is a listener? And then they're going to walk around and be like, well, everyone knows smell? now. <laughs> I know. That's true. It's Sorry, fine. Guys. You're in my little secret. <laughs> I want to tell you guys about my little secret. <laughs> You want to read our latest review? Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, So cute. Favorite podcast. Five stars. Thank you for the movement you have started. I resonate so deeply with the things that you talk about and the expertise and stories that your guests share. Listening to the Almost 30 podcast is like hanging out with my coolest, most loving, and most relatable friends. L. Dag from the U.S. Oh. The coolest? You think we're cool? Thanks, girl. We feel the same truly feel the same. I had uh, one of my fellow soul cycle instructors. I saw him today and he's like, doesn't really know what we're doing. Like knows mm. that like I host a podcast with you and like, you know, knows something that's going on. He's like, yeah, what is it? Like 30 almost. And I was like, yeah, Bye. I was like, yes, but he's a sweet angel. And he was like, um, I had a, a, I've had a bunch of girls who have come up to me like in class after class and say like, Oh, like, you know, do you know, Lindsay, like we listened to her podcast. Mm. I was like, that's So now right. do you know? <laughs> now do you know the name? He's like, I should listen, shouldn't I? I was like, actually. Sure, I should. guess, dude. Sure. Fucking listen or don't listen. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that whole thing of like, I don't know. Just like not. Should I, li- like the should I listen yeah. question? Yeah, I'm just Yeah, like, we get it so much. I don't much. know, man. <laughs> if you want to. Like, it's like, you'll be called to do whatever you need to do. If you're here, you are Or just be curious on your own. Like, or just be curious, period. Like the act of curiosity is just going. Yeah. And I don't need to, I don't need to be like, please listen, please Lord, listen to my podcast. 
because it's reaching the right people. Like yeah. everyone that's listening here is here for a reason. You're part of our community for a reason. And like, all I need is, all I need is you. Yeah, I completely agree. My Uber driver, I told him, he's like, what do you do? I was like, I have a podcast. He's like, oh, that's why your voice is so sweet. Oh, love that. I know. I was like, what a oh, compliment. I'm so tired. I was like, I'm, I have a tired voice right now. He's like, oh, but your voice is so attractive. It's like, oh. thank you. I know. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I was like, oh, that was so nice. Uber drivers, man. Uber guess, drivers in LA, the best. I know. He, he was the best. He quit his nine to five job to do Uber. Everyone's quitting. Yeah. Underpaid. Underappreciated. Good. Anyways. So today. Today we have on Jen Gotch. Good one. This is um, brought to you by Clo Money. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a recommendation by her. Although we both follow Jen, it was just a great idea to get her on the podcast. And she's so cool. That was so, I mean- Well, she's just always herself, you know, whether how how, on her good days and her bad days. And she shares that if you follow her on social media and she's dealt with, you know, mental health issues throughout her life and has been so diligent to, you know, just get closer to who she really is and just being in her body and, um, and all the while has built this incredible brand Bando. So, you know, we're, we're trying to have more conversations around mental health. It's really important to us and to our community. So we hear you, but Jen's the best. She came in here wearing the most beautiful, cute. colorful, yeah. happy exactly dress. exactly what you think she'd wear. Yeah. It's the cutest. So yeah, join our secret Facebook group. Let's talk about this episode and others. We are on tour currently. So we want to see you on the road. Go to almost30podcast.com slash tour and tell your friends. We want to meet you all and follow us on Instagram, almost30podcast. And you'll see us on the road. And you could also listen to Jen's podcast. So not only does she do Bando, but she also has a podcast too, where she talks about Um, mental health, depression, anxiety, all of those things. So Mm. highly recommend checking that out Um, and excited for you guys to um, join in on this conversation. And in the Facebook group, we'll be continuing the talk about anxiety and depression. So excited to continue it there. All right, guys. Love you. Love you. We're so happy you're here. So happy you're here. We um, look at my list of questions. We've been a fan. Oh boy. We've been, well, we've been a fan of your brand for a while. And then um, Chloe's been on our team for since the beginning. She's an OG. <laughs> really introduced us to the woman behind the brand. Oh, and um, thanks, Chloe. you've been uh, an inspiration to her. And we'll get into that. But we're just really excited to share you with our audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They admire and love you. And that's um, nice. You know, they've mentioned to us many times that your honesty and your vulnerability, like they live for and is like so so refreshing. They're like, she's like the only story that we watch. Wow. Mm -hmm. And like so powerful. That's nice. Yes, honey. I think it's just a benefit of being old. No, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) What is it like? What does it feel like? Is it comforting to, you know, if Mm -hmm. you are on like, say an Instagram story, Mm Is that comforting? Like, does or is it kind of a mode of just connecting and and allowing? I think it's a lot of different things. You know, I feel like when I started, it was really because I needed someone to talk to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I like was between therapists, and my husband had just left, and I just like realized that I could have this outlet, especially because I like to talk without being interrupted at all. <laughs> I don't really need anyone else. <laughs> so I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was just very therapeutic for me. But then as um, people started to like react and respond to it, that then I was like, wait, is this a win-win? You know, mm-hmm. like if for some reason me sharing what I felt were like really personal and individual experiences actually like resonated with all these people. And they're like, Oh, that's me too. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, so I guess I'm not special. That's okay. But if I could be a voice for lots of people, then yeah. like, why wouldn't you do that? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you respond to every DM? Like, how do you no. manage that? I was going to say, no, I was thinking about it today too. Cause every once in a while I'll get like a real shaming one. Like, I guess you don't care. And I, it's more just like, there's uh, probably like, oh, I don't know hundreds a day and which not in a braggy way, but just Mm -hmm. there's the problem is if those were emails, it would be easier because someone could like help me manage it. But I don't, I don't know what to do. And then like 
you know, I don't know. This is so technical for DMs, but it's like once you answer, then it goes in with like the people that you're, that are your friends. Mm -hmm. And then I just, but, but all that said, I was like, maybe I should just start answering all of them. Like, and just do my best and, yeah. and just try. So I, I usually just pick like five. And, I, I love that. <laughs> and you do a little heart. I know. <laughs> no, I try. I know. I try. I feel like once you get in, then you get a lot of emojis. I, I try and like, but I don't know. That I'm sure people like really express themselves deeply too. Do you find that? Yeah. Oh, well, and that's the worst part. But I, I would say it would be better to email me. There's so many places to email me yeah. and, and that's just an easier place to do a story. I also just think about somebody typing that whole thing on their phone. And I'm just like, <laughs> let's take it to a keyboard. Let's take yeah. it to a keyboard. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk to us about, um, you know, before Bando, like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. How did you grow up? <laughs> where did you like? come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was born in New York, but I grew up in South Florida in Boca Raton. And I was there like all through high school, went to college in Florida. And then after I graduated, I moved to Atlanta, which was like the big city to go to. Mm-hmm. And I just like was totally lost because I had, mm-hmm. I was a pre-law major. And then I decided in my last semester that I was no longer interested in law. So it was like I had liter- literature, philosophy, and Latin. <laughs> so I wasn't really, <laughs> the resume, yeah, no, I wasn't really hireable. Um, were your parents like? The, you know what? They were, I think they were probably super discouraged, but they just kind of let me go. And I it was, reality was really hard for me. Like I, that was not a seamless mm-hmm. transition. And so I moved home. And then after about a year, I was like, I got to just get out of here. Like I just, I think I had this sense that if I stayed here in Florida or just like stayed in my hometown, like nothing was really going to happen. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just needed a jolt. Yeah. I mean, I think it's harder, you know, I think it's possible. I think about my friends that stayed and I just, I do think it's comfortable and it's the same energy you've always had. Like that's the thing with California and LA specifically. It was like the first time I came here cause I moved to San Diego just like on a whim. And, but then I came up to visit someone up here and I was like, Oh wow. There's like energy in the city that wasn't in because San Diego super mellow, which was great and a very easy transition from Florida. But I was like, wait, I think I want to live here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do, but like, I, I feel like you can plug in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know, cause you yes. live here too. Yeah. I mean, we, did you say this was a seven hour podcast? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven hours. <laughs> as long, for, as, long as we can survive. <laughs> we'll turn the air on. Day now. one, day one in LA. It's been 24 <laughs> years. <laughs> no. Um, so I kind of, you know, I, I got out here. I learned about that creativity was a thing that I really wasn't aware of. Um, and I didn't know that there were jobs that were creative and, and so what a perfect place to be to kind of figure all that out. So I did a lot. I mean, I did like onset dressing set decorating, some copywriting. I was kind of all over the place. Then I got into prop styling, well, food mm. styling and prop styling. Yo, that's Aww. cool yeah. stuff. It was really Don't you like cool. spray turkeys with like yeah. some you, did, you know what's so crazy is like my first job was Making a turkey look, really? look, look yeah, glistening. I was the assistant, but this this woman, <laughs> I was like, a maybe free you'll assistant. have the turkey one day. Yeah, <laughs> it was like for it was an infomercial for a rotisserie oven. So you bake it a little bit and then you paint it with the stuff. Cool, and, I know. And then you blow torch it to make it look crispy. <laughs> so, but I was so like intrigued. George Foreman grill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's actually. a I don't know. There's a tool you can use to make grill more. It's, it's, it's a really interesting field. I think it's changed a lot, but I wasn't like, I didn't know how to cook nothing, but I was just like, Oh, this is magic to, you know, like like bizarre and like so bizarre, but you interact with Mm. food styling because you're like, at the McDonald's drive-thru. Someone made those burgers look like that. And you know, on in magazines. So I just was really interested in that. So I kind of did food and prop styling for a long time, which is mostly photography. I did some film work, but mostly photography. And then I really got into photography and then eventually transitioned into commercial photography. And that's around, I was like just starting to get work. And then 
we started Bando, which was just like a side project. So were you always creative? Like did this like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I I didn't know if the city kind of like. Well, I think the city made me aware that it was a thing. I, I, I feel like when I look back now, I, it's like, oh yeah, I was always like attracted to like recording stuff. I mean, I was used to record myself in my closet all the time, you know, and saying I I was just like talking. I'm like, I can't (laughs) believe my mom threw these cassettes out because I was like, oh my, you could have put them on your podcast now. I know. That was so much. Mom. (laughs) She loves to throw stuff out. (laughs) My mom does too. She's like, like, do you need this? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm like major I think she's trying to erase me. Yeah. I know. Literally there's like not a photo of me in the house. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> that seriously, you know, my mom has some, but she like, she threw out a bunch of photos. She scanned them, but the, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's like a whole mm. family issue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I definitely always loved that, but I didn't, I didn't know what to call it until mm. I got here. And then, you know, there's such a like huge creative community here. And then you're like, oh wait, there's so many different jobs Outside of like doctor and lawyer, which yeah. was basically what I was aware yeah. of. And food stylist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Found out about that one later in life. But yeah. That's Were, amazing. Did you ever feel lost? Oh my God, all the time. I still do. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just so funny, like to interview people like you, because it's like you look back and it's like, I, I just think about the past and it's it's like all fun and games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, like you're like, I was a food stylist. I was like, bacon turkeys, like whatever. But it's like funny because now look at you. Yeah, yeah. But it's like during that time, did you feel like, were you like, I don't know what I meant to do? Yeah, all all the time. I I mean, I will say styling was the first time that I felt like this is, this could be a career, Mm. you know? And I think, and and I was 29. You make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can make a lot of money. It's really rewarding. And and you're on different jobs all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's really exciting and also super stressful. But but I was 29 when I started assisting. So like my all of my 20s were me. It, loss doesn't mm-hmm. even begin to, you know, define what was going on. Because I was also like struggling with mental health issues mm-hmm. and feeling the pressure of like, I have to grow up, but I just didn't have any of the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. So it took a long time. And it was, I think I was like 31 or 32 before I was like actually financially independent from, from my parents and like working. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a late bloomer. It's the story of LA. Yeah. 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 That's why, you know, we have almost 30 is because of that period in time Mm -hmm. in your twenties is so challenging, Yeah, you know, and you had mental health issues mixed in and a lot of women have that. A lot of people have that. And that's just like icing on the cake. And at that time it's hard to... Um, admit it or diagnose yourself or, yeah. or figure it out. And so you're figuring out your career during that time too, where you want to live, your passion. You know, there's just a lot happening. So yeah. yeah, we completely feel you. Yeah. And it's like, I talk a lot about just like emotional intelligence and becoming self-aware. And I think like, that's the, I don't know what, what curriculums are like now, but like mm. that wasn't on, you know, like any kind of self-discovery really uh, other than like base level stuff just wasn't a thing. So it's mm. really hard to deal with that when you don't even know, you can't articulate it in your own mind, much less explain it to someone outside of your brain. So I feel like we're, you know, just as a society moving, obviously people are much more self-aware and at a younger age, even when I talk to my parents about it, they're like, we had no idea what any of the words for any of that. So they, you know, the one people that you would hope could guide you, they're amazing parents, but they were just like, yeah, I mean, there weren't like, they call it like phases or it's not a a clinical. So what were you experiencing in your twenties? I mean, horrible, horrible depression. I mean, I have ADD. Mm -hmm. I ended up being by diagnosis bipolar but at the time it was it, I just identified as depression like the mania part I didn't know what mm. that was but that was like the only reprieve so I was like I'm definitely not going to complain about that <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. anxiety you know just all the normal yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. coupled with like just like the an internal dialogue that's just evil mm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. yeah like not feeling like how it's, it's also like not cool to have your parents be paying for stuff when 
yeah. you're like supposed to be a grown up. It's so common. Mm-hmm. How did you like navigate that? Like, I think, I think like you can kind of come at it from different ways, yeah. whether it's like working to like break free of it or it's allowing it to be a support as you like yeah. kind of cultivate oh, I, what you want to do. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I allowed it. I think it. there's no shame in, Mm-mm. yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, I was, I was kind of spoiled. I wouldn't say spoiled rotten, but like my parents, <laughs> they just that. wanted me to have, you know, they yeah. just like, no. why not? And, and so I, I think on some level I felt like I deserved to be supported, which is, you know, I'm not proud of that, but I, but they also paid for my therapy for years and years and That's years. Good. So like mm. all, I started going to therapy, I think I was 24 and went on and off for like 20 years. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, so, so I was okay with it. You know, the only time it got hard is if I was fighting with my mom and then she would be like, well, we're taking the money, Ugh. you know, <laughs> it's the worst. There's a lot of, a lot of push and yeah. pull with that. Our relationship got incrementally better when I didn't need money anymore. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it is a control thing. Yeah. Even though yeah. they're giving it willingly and they love totally. and, and it's, you know, part of like what they feel they should do for their children. It, yeah. it is a control thing. Yeah. I yeah. Can understand. That's great. <laughs> That's yeah. why I couldn't even deal. I'm such a fucker. I would like, could not deal with my mom having that control. Oh yeah. First fight I'd be out. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I will be on the streets. Suck it. Suck it, mom. Literally. This is like having this conversation with you. That's amazing. Did yeah. you? So you went to your first therapist at 24. Yeah. Was that hard for you? Because I feel like now therapy is becoming the norm. And yeah. It's becoming a conversation that's more open. And, um, for sure. But I don't feel like five, 10 years ago it was or no. how, you know? Yeah. This was 20 years ago. So were ago. you like wow. 22 years did, ago? How did you feel about that? And were you like, uh, what gave you the courage? I, um, well, first I'll say my mom was always into like self-help mm. and she was taking us to family therapy, you know, like cool. I had been to therapy before, but I never liked it. I had a really bad, like a negative association because I felt like I was always being dragged and when I was out here, it was like my first serious boyfriend out here was like, I think you, <laughs> when I think about it now, I'm like, mm, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> I think you need therapy. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, oh, he cares about me so much. And oh he was like, God, I, I got to get, oh get rid of God. this one. Literally. Oh I think he God. wanted to like securely get me into therapy totally. so he could just sort of like drift mm-hmm. into the darkness, um, which he He's did. Like creeping backwards. Yeah. yeah. He was like, hey. No, no, stay there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I went willingly. Um, and like the second I, I met with one therapist and I was like, just not, mm. just not driving. And, and then the second one that I went to like ended up being amazing and changing my life really. Wow. Yeah. How so? She just, she was, like a, just a real guiding force and, and sort of like part life coach, part nutritionist. I mean, she just taught me like so much about mind body stuff and, and just gave me homework each week. And so like, in addition to working through like self-confidence issues or whatever I was taking with me from my childhood, she was like really preparing me to be an adult and like Mm. showed me how to like write a let I don't know what those letters are called because people don't write them anymore but before when you needed a job you like a actually letter or something ma- yeah, cover the letter, letter. Yeah. Oh, yeah and she would like help me write scripts for if I needed to call and follow up like literally mm-hmm. I didn't know how to I had no skills mm-hmm. like t- just how to operate so she really did it was like she was doing a lot of different things at once wow um and she was like a no bullshit I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> my, my podcast is marked explicit. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. too. <laughs> yeah. You're like, do you guys see that E? Yeah. <laughs> don't friend, listen with your parents my around. My friend pointed it out to me. I was like, that is cool. cool. Yeah. It's the coolest. So yeah, you're like, it's like a rap artist. Yeah. You're like, it's, too, well. it. it's too hard not to be when you're talking about the things you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Just to like... Yeah. Just who I am. But I meant to... Yeah. But anyway, so she was a no bullshit kind of... Yeah you know, tell it like it is not very coddly. I mean, she was definitely like sympathetic to things, but she was like, let's, let's fix this. And she really just helped me diagnose everything that she just across the board, everything you would want help with. She helped. What was she talking about with nutrition? Any changes that you made that you, you know, I, I think I tried so many things and she was really very ahead of like, 
the gluten stuff and like, um, like candida and mercury poisoning, like stuff that some of it I think is a little bit more common knowledge now, but she was always just like researching stuff. So there's like a whole like brain gut thing Mm -hmm. and just how food could actually affect your mood or, and, and just like your diet and your blood sugar, just stuff you don't, I mean, I think like the only thing I knew about food is like what foods make you fat and what foods don't. Yeah. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and like, that doesn't tell you. you And even that, like some of it is kind of a myth with like low fat. Oh, I mean, I I definitely did like a no fat diet that probably almost killed me because it would have been all sugar and chemicals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I felt like like I was skinny, but yeah. Yeah. So she, she really did like just explain how your body works and like what, how, what you're doing with it can affect it. So it was great. I, it was a lot of bang for the buck, even though it was mm. somebody else's bucks. <laughs> <laughs> How many years did you see her? So many years. I mean, on and off for 20 years. Wow. But I, I would say I went five years like very regularly. Wow. What would you tell our girls who are listening that are looking for a therapist? Like what to look for? You know, it's funny because I've been putting off doing an episode about that because I'm like, oh. I don't even know. No, <laughs> exclusive. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is an exclusive. Um <laughs> I have an episode coming out, like talking about how to feel better right away because it, mm. because I think that the thing with therapy is it's like you don't walk in and that it's not like a normal doctor's appointment where they like give you something and then you don't have to come back. It's like you have to be in a place of like some level of awareness because you're going to have to talk to someone about how you're feeling. So you got to get in touch with that. And then you also, I really liken it to dating because it's like, there has to be some chemistry. Otherwise you're definitely not going to be telling them like your deepest, darkest secrets, which you kind of have to get that stuff out. Mm -hmm. So I I will say there's, there's a website. I don't know if you guys have heard of this website advocate. It's ADV. E-K-I-T. It's cool. it's like the Southern California area, but it's like a site where you plug in like what you're looking for. I think it like maybe even has like the pay range that you want to, that you want it to cost and it hmm. matches you. That's so cool. I know. I, I haven't used it just because I, I don't need to right now, but mm-hmm. I've told a lot of girls at work because I think it is, it's just, another thing is like, ask your friends. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, I've only, I mean, most doctors, I only see on like a referral from someone that I'm like, okay, we're kind of similar, we, you mm-hmm. know, that would work. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and I guess the last thing I would the last exclusive thing I would say is like, you don't, you don't have to take the first one you get, you know, it doesn't, if it doesn't feel right, you don't have to force that because it's, you know, it's a big undertaking. Mm. So yeah. I can see myself like, Either like trying to figure out the conclusions myself, and yeah. being like, "Well, I think I do this yeah. because of this," yeah, yeah, or like like lying, <laughs> like, yeah, not like lying, but just being like <laughs> maybe just not telling yeah, everything, like trying yeah. to impress them yeah. or something. Yeah, you know. Have, have you have you never been to therapy? Mm-mm. Yeah, literally been on the verge. There's just yeah, I just no reason in particular. I'm totally yeah. down. Yeah. I will. I will at some point in my life, and I'm not putting it off for any reason. It's a yeah. lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of work. It brings up a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, definitely- that's probably what I'm scared of is like actually facing my like shadow side. Yeah. And that all happens, especially if you have a good therapist. Mm-hmm. But I, I and think I'm nervous everyone- about figuring one out. Like, yeah, I would like, it just, I guess what is my fear a little bit is that they could like seep into your subconscious. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. you have to fucking trust yeah. them. Yeah. Because it's like, they could fuck you up. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't though. Yeah. I mean, they would have seen too many movies. Yeah. I'm like, he's going to be, he's he's going to be a pervert and he's going to fuck me. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I'm like, he's going to get hypnotized and fuck me. (laughs) I mean, that could make for a good session. (laughs) (laughs) They don't all have to be talking. (laughs) Okay. So I kind of want to go. So that Mm -hmm. point where you were in LA and you were kind of exercising that creative spirit. Mm-hmm. Were you still dealing with, I know you still do today, but was it intensified um, your anxiety as you started to get more creative or was it helping? Like, what was that relationship mm. I, and how did you collaborate with yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I try and use 
weaknesses as strengths just in general like mm-hmm. i don't like to be defeated by things that i can't really change you I know it's that. like you can manage but well i know being bipolar made me more creative because yeah. it's like when you really tap into like some of that you know manic or hypomanic it's like a rush of ideas and you can kind of like go off into like a fantasy world a little bit and i feel like i was lucky enough that it never took me to a place of danger but it i was like always i mean i'm just a very like idea driven person so yeah i th- i think that helped a lot you know the anxiety i had named it that but it wasn't my main concern at that time it's definitely become much much larger of a concern over the last like mm-hmm. 10 12 years but but I, I i attribute a lot of bando's success to my own anxiety and the anxiety i induce in other people and like the fact that like you know i'm a magnet so like i draw in a lot of like-minded people and so like that core group we were all sort of like you know perfectionist control but it it's like startups almost need that so now that it's a larger group, if I see someone and I like don't think they have any anxiety, <laughs> I'm like, you might want to crank that up a little bit yeah, to survive really. here. <laughs> like, there's no sense of urgency. Yeah. <laughs> or just like worry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like totally. I need you to freak like, out. We're here because of how much level we worry. worry all the time. I, I think so. I mean, especially maybe not if you're like on the data driven side, like but like if you're doing something. like... Yeah, anything creative or product development or events, it's like you have to be worried about what's going to go wrong so that you can like be ready to solve. Yeah. And so when I see people that are just like relaxed, I'm like, how nice for you, but also like, (laughs) (laughs) nice for you. Today's your last day. Yeah. (laughs) I just tell them, like, let's. Let's get some more caffeine. Whatever we need to do to get you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. We need those cortisol levels up. <laughs> get them up. <laughs> so how do, you, but how do you, so do you find that you relate to people like that? Because it's interesting that you're, you know, some people are magnets and some people are yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. Some people want the even keel. Yeah. So do you find that that helps you be more creative when you're around people that are the same type of speed as you? Yeah. Or I just mean, like there's an understanding. Yeah, I I think it's like, I think it has less to do. My creativity is to me fueled most by like like like-minded people, you know? And so I think there's a little bit of a hive mind sensibility at Bando, especially like with the with the core group of creatives that I work with that it's just a given that we're on the same page and like we understand the same aesthetics and language. And so it gets harder for me when everyone's coming at it from a different place. And, and now creatively, you know, at least at Bandeau, it's, it's about being true to the brand we created and not our own personal interests. And Mm -hmm. that gets hard because a lot of like, creative people and designers and artists want to get their work out. But when you work for a brand, like the brand and the customer decide not, not you. So it's a different thing. And so like that I work best within those confines and with people that can do that too. Mm -hmm. So, but that's all stuff I learned. I didn't know that. I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, I didn't know anything. (laughs) I've learned it's, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. You learn, what was so. what was your first idea within the world of Bando that kind of took off or felt like, oh my god, this is mm. yeah, a good one. I mean, just coming general? with the heater today. Great question. <laughs> 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 Thanks, partner. You're yeah, welcome. no one said this was going to be a hard hitting interview. Yeah, it's like get ready. <laughs> Do you need to take a break? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like <laughs> what was the problem? <laughs> Blotting, I'm blotting my brow today. I don't know what's going on. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor in, <laughs> oh in deep gosh. south. And I'm blotting my eyebrows. <laughs> That's, amazing. That's amazing. This is about to be see-through. Yeah. Oh, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I think see-through is the new. It is. It opaque. is the new. Yeah. This is my look for this month. Yeah. I've worn I'm, it eight days in a row. I'm this is what we do. We wear too. the same thing every day for probably like until I'm done a week and, and then a half or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. No shame. I don't because we only just see each other. No shame. I'm like, hey, this is my look right now. And like, when you find something that you like, it's like kind of a lot of pressure to have to repeat. Hundred percent. I literally had that thought today. 
speaking of like having an office and people going into an office and having it be a cool company. And then I might want to go back to the question, but it's like a lot of pressure to show up to like a creative vibe, fashion, whatever it is. And like, have a look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kill it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. You but do. it's like, I am just like kind of a schlub in that sense. And like, so I, I've always I don't know worked, if I could do it. worked at loser companies for that reason. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't want to go in and have everyone be looking good and me be like, oh, I have to look good today. Like me like putting my look out before work the I next love day. It. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it's super casual at Bandit. I'm sure. Like, yeah. It's mostly jeans and t-shirts. Cool. And like for me, I only, I think I got to a place maybe six months ago where I was like, I'm just going to try and dress nice and yeah. just see if that helps me feel better. But for the probably four or five years before, many days I was just in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> There is something about getting dressed though. No, yeah. I completely agree. I feel that. Like, you know, even if it's not a cute look, whatever, I do feel better when I get dressed. Yeah. I like, I think it's like, for me, it's also just like a good creative exercise because mm. I have like, just because I've always vintage shopped. So there's just like jewelry. It, like, it's like a fun little game to just see like what I can take mm-hmm. and mix. And I don't know. That's fun. It is fun. That and you're the so boss. Surface, creative. But yeah, it just feels like a good challenge. Yeah. 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 And you're the boss. Yeah. Um. So back to that. Okay. The, sorry. So I think the, I mean, I actually think the idea, idea of Bandel was the first thing because it, you know, when we started, it was vintage, one of a kind flower crowns essentially, but it was like a couple of years before that was a thing. It was like, we were just doing these really bold hair accessories that uh, my friend and I were just making. And I think there was something we had like tapped into the creative consciousness and it's hard to tap in and then activate that so fast. And I feel like I, I've missed the boat on that so many times and we actually did it and got in early. And so the reaction, like even the day we launched our website was so big that I was like, th- that was like the spark, yeah. you know? So, it, so that, I mean, that was a lot of different products because it, because they were one of a kind. So we've obviously, um, you know, pivoted from that model. And so now, you know, there's all sorts of things because now we do, do so much stuff. So I, so I think, I think it has more to do with like phases. I don't know if there's like any one product. I will say that like Instagram and, and social media changed a lot for us because I really early on when I saw that growing was like, we should make things that are would make for a great picture. And I think like coming from a like set design and prop styling, Mm -hmm. like I would think about the things that I was always looking for that I couldn't find. So like a big heart-shaped inflatable or, you know, just like whatever those things are or just things with big messages. So you could just take a picture and like express to the world. So I think like that during that time, we really like were able to like, establish ourselves and like visually let pe- people could like associate. So if I was going to pick a product, I would say our, we make planners. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, that was definitely the first thing that they were just like, you should do a planner, our parent company. And I was like, do people still use those? Like there's computers yes. now. <laughs> and they're like, no, people will definitely still use them. And we did, we really went after it trying to do something a little bit different and it, really resonated it's probably our best-selling product so that's like the that's the one and it's like got in so many people's hands and you use it every day so it's like a nice brand Mm -hmm. i love yeah yeah you love planners i do i love a good planner you do i love planners i just write them um do you the parent company how did you guys connect we in in about year three of bando jamie my partner that i started it with was moving to Texas and she wasn't going to be able to work there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we, you know, we had a few employees and we would just, we didn't want to shut it down, but we didn't really know how we were going to keep it going. Cause I was like, I don't really want to take on a loan. And um, like the idea of venture capital, that wasn't even like something we were aware of, but um, think I'm kind of glad that we weren't aware of that. Mm. But so we just, so we're like, let's just try and sell it. I mean, we, you know, it was just like, Shut it's up, funny man. when I think about it now, cause it's like, you know, you say you sold your company. So it seems like, oh, somebody approached you and was like, here's a gazillion dollar, mm-hmm. you know, it was not like that at all. But we were like, let's try and keep it alive. So 
long story short, short, we were like able to access this um, YPO, which is a young president's organization. So like a local chapter here and sent out like an e-blast to everyone in the, in the chapter about selling the company and got a ton of interest. Cause I think mm. because we, Jamie was a stylist. And so like, I feel like because we always had like the photography unlock, it looked, people would come into our office, our old office and be like, this is Bando. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is like two of us in a room. Um, <laughs> but because Amazing. it just looked bigger. So we narrowed it down, narrowed it down. Cause as people started looking at like the actual numbers, they were like, Oh, this is a tiny company. But we, we sold to this company called lifeguard press and it's a privately owned company. The, um, Todd and Kim Ferrier who own it are like, they're just like family to me mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And they, they do licensing for, for larger brands like Kate Spade and Lily mm-hmm. Poulter. And so they were looking, they, the one thing that, they were looking for was the one thing that we had. And then they had everything else that we needed because they just wanted a brand, you know, creativity, a voice and aesthetic. And we needed business. We needed infrastructure Mm -hmm. and like understand like how to make products Mm -hmm. and distribute products and sell products. And, Mm -hmm. And so it was just like really the universe, just like a total gift. Oh, wow. Yeah. What is your relationship with spirituality? I mean, I'm definitely not religious, but I have a huge belief in the power of the universe and just like energy. Even before I didn't know what that was, always knew that like my thoughts could create something, you know, if I wanted, if I was going to be negative and think negative thoughts that that would eventuate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if if I wanted to do the other, and I just started seeing it working. And then I actually think like when the secret came out, I was like, I'm just going to try it. And like stuff just started working. It works. And so I, I was just like, and so then I've just read more about that. Like lately been really into Reiki healing and like understanding all of that. And like, higher self stuff. And so I feel like happy to be at a point in my life where I can actually like just sit in my room and read mm-hmm. about Dude, that's <laughs> who the I dream. actually am and who, who, who that voice is and whose body this is and um, how we're all connected. So I think about that stuff a lot, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a total luxury to be able to sit and think about that. Yeah. Oh, you're sweet. That you say that. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. When you sold the company, like, did you feel... Like you were, I don't know if it's spiritually ready or like that your like being was like able to hold all that was about to come. Like, did you like have a conflict in that? Like sometimes like with us, like we want to grow and we have a lot of like dreams and visions for this. But sometimes I get like, I'm Mm. like, oh my God, like I really have to work on like being able to hold the space for all this. You know, it's Uh, like an active practice. So like, did you feel that? I'm very impulsive. Mm -hmm. So I don't think about stuff like that at all. Um, Which sometimes has opens things up to me that if I had thought through would have not worked. And then sometimes um, puts me in situations that I probably shouldn't be in, but no, I, I didn't. Um, I mean, I had no idea, you know, there, I had no context. I had never worked anywhere really, you know, I worked retail and then I was a freelancer for 14 years. So I didn't know. And I definitely didn't know what the potential was, you know, like I remember thinking like, our password for everything used to be Bando 10,000. Cause I was like, what if we made (laughs) $10,000? Like, could you fucking imagine that? That's amazing. (laughs) You know? And and so it's like in (laughs) now I'm like, Oh yeah. Like this, my brain didn't even know to go. I'm not really much of a dreamer. Like I have a lot of ideas, but I'm not like, Mm. I don't do that. Mm. I wish I did it more, but I don't like fantasize. Cool. Sort of. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I actually got my angel card. I pulled my angel card and it said daydream. Said I should daydream more. Yeah. So I was like in the shower. I'm like, okay. I know you're like trying. I was like, start (laughs) daydreaming. I don't really know. I kind of forget what daydreaming is. No, it's hard because I think you have to like turn off a lot of things to be able to daydream. Yeah, Yeah. we have so many things that we need to do. Yeah, and I'm like, what counts as a daydream and what's like a to do? Totally. Is it like a fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, am I daydreaming about like an email? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you already did that. That was my daydream. (laughs) I think I found a good one. He was like a hypnotist therapist. I remember. 
right. there's definitely been a scary movie about that. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. Where but. he like, I don't know. I feel like there's like, all right. <laughs> let it go. For another yeah, time. Let it go. For another time. Um, what has it been like to uh, like have a team mm-hmm. yeah. and have people who report to you and fun and hard, you know, and intimidating at times. It, it was a really small group for a long time and I knew I had it good, but I didn't actually fully understand that until we started growing and hiring strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, cause like these girls are like family to me because we've just been through yeah. so much. And so to bring new people in and then they come with all sorts of expectations of like what their job is going to be and how I'm going to be. And it was really challenging. I mean, I, I'm kind of on the other side of that now. And I, lo- I mean, obviously like without a team, I wouldn't be here with you guys. I'd be in the office, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so it's been really rewarding for me and it's been real. I don't have kids. So it's like been exciting yeah. to like mentor people and like watch them get better, but it's not, you know, there's nothing about, business and especially business growth that is easy and I said it's fun it is but it's also like very just heartbreaking sometimes too so um I've learned a lot I mean I think it's like you know you you and you guys maybe have experience too you know you get to a point you're like I figured it out you know like I'm good at this and then Mm, the next day (laughs) someone was like oh you're not doing this right I'm like oh my god I don't even know how to like attack that Mm -hmm. for me the biggest thing was like actually how to direct and manage people because because it was such a small team and we were so on the same page that we will literally communicate with a glance like we still do like like a bunch of things and I'll just like look over and they're like "Mm, got it you know (laughs) and and for people that hadn't known me or worked with me or maybe just weren't as like-minded they were like you have to like articulate all of it and tell Mm. me what to do and I was like oh that's like I'm such a passive leader that I was like I don't even know I mean I figured it out but it was really hard. Yeah, it was hard. And it was hard to find out that like, (laughs) I wasn't as good as I thought I was. You're like, like, a blink didn't work. That's bad news. (laughs) (laughs) You got your survey monkey results back. You're like, hmm. (laughs) 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 Bitch said this. But I kind of, I mean, I think it would be refreshing for anyone to kind of see, yes, of course we want our boss to like give us direction, but to see like the human side of a yeah. boss, I think is refreshing and for very, sure. like yeah. 2018. Yeah. They definitely get to see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. The human side is there all the time. Yeah. The boss side comes and goes. For how do you deal with your anxiety and depression today? I mean, I take medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does that I, help you? Has that helped? Totally. Yeah. I was on med. I, I, I got on Prozac when I was like 23 and then in my twenties when I was during the last, the the last years, I was on a, a bunch of different medication cocktails trying to figure out what was going to make me feel the best. And then around 31, I actually got put on two medications that, cause I got my bipolar diagnosis and that like helped me. And then I would just take Xanax if I was getting super anxious. And then around five years ago, I just stopped taking my meds, which is like a common mistake that people make. But I had gone on a trip and I forgot them and I didn't feel any different. And so I was like, maybe I don't need these, which is like, let me warn you. That's like 99.9% of the time. That's just like a coping mechanism or something that Mm. you tell yourself that's not true. But I went you know, up until I just started back last December. And I think like I was, I was just kidding myself that, that I was okay. But as I mean, going, getting back to like what we were talking about initially, it's like, once I started like actually recording how I was feeling, I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, you're like, you are not well. <laughs> I, I'm not well. <laughs> not like, well. I'm fucking not like, look mm. in the mirror, honey. Mm. So, so then I went back on and it, and then I also like, started taking better care of myself mm-hmm. and I changed up my diet. I mean, I, I honestly did everything that wow. everything, like I need my brain to function in such a major way right now because of like all of the jobs that I have created for myself. It's like 
I can't fuck around. Mm. So it's, I take it very seriously moment to moment, like trying to stay aware of it and just always trying new things, but like keeping a stable baseline. And even all, all of that said this morning, I was like, Ugh, I think I'm depressed. Oh, you know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't, it's not yeah. really like ever totally cleaned up. Yeah. Thanks for coming. That's yeah. of course. That's yeah. gotta be like the worst. You're well, like, I can definitely, I can function yeah. unless it's like really, really bad. Yeah. I think I've just like learned to, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have to. Yeah. Like, for the self-care and the diet, what's changed? Uh, well, I started drinking bulletproof coffee. Oh, mm. yeah. Which my therapist actually had told me about years and years ago, and I was like, I'm not putting she's a butter. Dish. In. She's a it legend. Yeah, like, she because she is like a real researcher and like always mm, reading papers. Cool. You know, like stuff that you just wouldn't. You'd wait till it's a New York Times bestseller to be like, maybe I should check this out. That really helped because I had started taking Adderall for my ADD and because I was just like, I got to get this work done. But Adderall is like a street drug. It is so harsh. And so I was like, I got to figure something else out. And so I was reading about Bulletproof. So I started doing that. And then I went, I had gained a bunch of weight because I was going through a divorce. And so I just was like, I started reading all the Bulletproof stuff and there's like a diet that's like a ketogenic diet. And I mean, when I do that, I can't, I can't, it's not, I can't maintain it all the time, but yeah. I did it for like five months and just like clean brain, like just wow, wow. solid. So it, everything that people say about all of that is true. It's just like the reality of, I mean, I also work at like essentially a fucking candy factory. So <laughs> it's just like every, Dying you know, there's like the a office. celebration every day. Oh my God. And mm. so it's just like I think for most people it's it's also expensive to buy like grass fed everything mm-hmm. so but you know I think it's like just being aware I'm still so I can feel it if I have like sugar a bunch of days I'm just like same, yeah. same. yeah well you look great yeah thanks truly you look great honey truly what's next for Bando like what are you excited about I'm actually really excited because this whole mental health thing that mm. really was never a planned thing. And like, even with my podcast, when, when Sophia asked me to do it, she was like, would you want to do a mental health podcast? And I was like, no, I definitely don't want to do that, which I kind of ended up doing anyways. But I just hadn't identified that like that was going to be a path. And then, um, I did the necklaces yes. and, uh, which was just like an idea that I, it was weird because I just like, I was like, I think I should just do these. And I didn't really ask anybody. And I just like reached out to my friend at Iconery who does the necklaces with us. And we, I was just like, I just want to do it fast. And then I'm like, I'll just tell them after it's all. And then like impulse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, which I, I never that. do. Cause I'm like a total rule follower. I'm like, there's protocol. I respect that. But I was just like, something said, just like do this. And it really just like popped a bubble for us mm. because it just, I had no idea what the reaction was going to be. And it's whether it's good or bad, there's like such a major reaction. And I was like, so I'm really excited about what that means for Bando because, you know, we've always, always leaned into the fun part of our brand um, because it's like the easiest to digest. And if you have a brand and you have the luxury of having like, where you can be like, we're the fun brand and people understand that and go to you for that. Like that's invaluable. Like brands t- take their whole existence to get that gift. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like, well, I fought it for so long because I wanted to be like, we're more than that and we're serious and we're thoughtful and we're emotional. But 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 like a year and a half ago, I was like, let's just be fun. Let's not, we don't have to get so heady about it. Let's just do it. And, but I think there must've been something in the background that was still like trying to figure it out. And then I, I think the necklaces like opened up a new conversation. And so I'm really trying to pivot the brand to be about feeling good. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, Oh, I want to be a mental health brand. Cause it, cause that doesn't make sense. Like that's me. That's my mission. But for Bando, when I look at everything we've done the whole time, the intention has always been to make people feel better at whether that's like using color in using pattern or using language. Like if you look at every phrase we've ever put, we've never put anything negative on anything. Like it's all about optimism, taking care of yourself, expressing yourself. And so I was just like, I think we just, I just want to reframe it all because it's just like, it takes something that I feel like could feel trivial and like 
make it. I mean, it's like the phone case has chill pills on it. That's an anti-anxiety phone case that we made year. That case is like four years old. Mm-hmm. But we just weren't, we're just like, that's a funny case, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm really excited about what that means for our brand because we're celebrating our 10 year birthday this year. And wow. it's like, part of my job is like, what do the next 10 years look like for the company? And so I'm just like incredibly excited about that. Yeah. It's so it's dynamic. change a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Like pops the bubble. That's yeah. Like very. It really felt like that. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever really had something happen I feel like before. It, I feel that too. Yeah. It, it will immediately all the dialogue changed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when people reach out to me or when people talk to me about Bando, they're no longer just like, oh, it's so quirky. They're like, I really like what you're doing mm. in the mental health space or like, it's so refreshing how like good you're trying to make people feel or how positive you are. It's like what people are saying back to me completely changed in the last six months. So that's, that's like super encouraging. Cause sometimes you have, you know, like prior to that, I was like, why aren't they getting it? Totally, totally. <laughs> why do they keep saying we're quirky and fun? Yeah. <sighs> you have like a unicorn phone case. Yeah. You're like, why aren't they I getting it? I know. It's true. It's like, it's just like me on roller skates surrounded by rainbows. Why don't they take me seriously? <laughs> Dude. I mean, yeah, I'm, that's so fucking exciting. It's interesting now as a brand, you have to have an opinion. Yeah. Almost. But I, agreed or at least a point of view. view. And I think that, you know, so many um, brands that are are popular in in fashion and even just in like the e-commerce space and like newer companies, a lot of them can be like very social, you know, social, socially minded or environmental or politically minded or Mm. just like girl power or feminist. And I I just like, although I care about all those things, like I've just never wanted to associate that stuff with Bando. And I think like, so the point of view was fun, you know, was like, just be happy. But now I just think this is like strengthens that point of view and I keep saying like we got to do this now because it's like totally. everyone like you're like we need bipolar necklaces I know <laughs> what, we have them oh you yeah. do yeah okay, okay we have bipolar necklaces and and then we have a 7.8 that's like my emotional rating system it's like the perfect mood and then we have a a new necklace coming out I don't know sometime in the next month and then it'll be like a little capsule Fuck collection yeah. I love that yeah and it's also just like giving like a like connecting you to one yeah. people are, who are already fans of Bando, but I think there's so many things to buy now just everywhere. It's yeah. like I want to support a brand who yeah. like one I can connect with yeah. the founder or like the mission behind it. So I yeah. just think it's going to like I mean you're already sky high, but no, I do everything. I I do think I mean, and we look at that too on like what what consumers want I mean because at the end of the day it's a it's a business too um and I feel like we've had that like connecting I always say like connection over transaction like that's how I always operated it before I understood business and it's like well the transaction has to be in there somewhere because I'd always be like let's do this for free let's do the little mm. give them give them what they want and mm. but I do think something about that philosophy really did like the core people that have been with are so connected that it it's amazing and and we don't take advantage of that you know because I don't want to you know but but I do think moving into the next thing because it's like it's cute shit so but like it has to be more important than that I think to survive like what the next 10 years are going to look like for our world and it's not even just the like the necklaces are a tiny part of it but when I look at like we have something like everything's going to be okay or we have things coming out later that say good mood it's like we've been doing it before like all of those things were done and designed before Mm. we ever talked about mental health so um so yeah I'm excited I hope I hope I hope it works. It, it is. It it's not. It's it not. Happening. I don't know. It is. Honey. Might come you work know for you is. guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can. You can. Yeah. yeah. It's a long application process. <laughs> okay. uh, you know. We keep, get working we keep on you it. hot. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll work on my cover letter. Yeah, Mail it to you. Um, my last question. What would you tell? So a lot of our girls have depression, anxiety, mm. bipolar. What would you tell them? Well, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I do think, and and I think it's worth me repeating, mm-hmm. finding ways to build your emotional intelligence and become more self-aware is really the key to 
solving some of that. Now, like it's not going to get cured necessarily, but it just, it's just the management of those illnesses gets a lot easier. And then, you know, something else that I've been thinking about a lot lately, like with the whole self-care thing and just like what a misnomer that can be at times that um, I was talking to one of the girls in the office about like, I don't know if like going home and like eating pasta and And like binging on Netflix and being comfortable in your bed is self-care, even though people are like, well, that's what I needed and that's self-care. You know, I think it's like really taking it seriously and identifying like the difference between like self-deprecation and Mm self-care or self-soothing and self-care. And so like learning how to take care of yourself is really important. And then the last thing I would say is like once you have a baseline, then you have to ask for help. You know, so you got to find one person to talk to and then maybe two people to talk to. But we're living in such a cool time because, though, I mean, a lot of those stigmas are at least starting to be lifted. I'm, you know, I'm sure it's going to be decades before it's not a thing anymore, but it's, you know, in the workplace and just in families, you know, just to be informed and be able to have those conversations is super important. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thanks for starting them. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. My pleasure. Actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Chloe, do you have any questions? Yeah. Chloe. (laughs) Chloe is, Chloe's giggling. Giggling. (laughs) We aren't shit to Chloe anymore. (laughs) She comes, she comes for the, for the good guests. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, she told us two weeks ago, I'm taking off. I'm coming over. For- <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Um, I just won't kidding. Tell. It's Sunday. I won't. Tell. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I know our listeners are going to. Yeah. Aww. They've been asking so, about depression, like anxiety. They alone. love you. So this yeah. is like good. We're thankful. Good. Awesome. Okay. Great. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Of You're the course. best. See you next week. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Jen Gotcha. Jen Gotcha, everyone. The beautiful, talented, cool as hell. Super open, quite the inspo. She's yeah. changing the game for brands everywhere. And I think for any creative too, she's such an inspiration because I feel, and I've talked to Chloe about this, just at times you literally feel crazy as a creative because you're unable to process the downloads that are coming through and the ideas mm-hmm. and the visions. And it's just, I think Jen will serve as a big expander for those that are kind of like hyper creative yeah. in a beautiful way. Yeah. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. We are so grateful for you. As always, we've loved meeting you on the road. Um, If you can come to any of our future tour stops, visit almost30podcast.com slash tour. Check it out. Tell friends. We're just, we're blessed. We are blessed. So thanks for writing and rating and reviewing. It means the world really helps us get on amazing guests like Jen. Appreciate it so much. And we will see you next episode. Yeah. Spot on. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye.